Welcome to another edition of Heavy Lifting with Ravi Lula. I am here today with my friend Alex Sindelar of the Big East Coast Bias still. Just the internet at large. Just the internet just at large. Call it that, yeah. You can follow him on Twitter at... Underscore, underscore, Sindelar. Double underscore, Sindelar. That's S-I-N-D-E-L-A-R. Boom. Nailed it. it. <laughs> um, you can also find him writing some very good things about Creighton baseball on whiteandbluereview.com. That's where I would suggest finding him, but also a great Twitter follow, so just do that in general. Um, I brought Alex on today because he's one of the uh, four remaining people in America that still like baseball. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. It's more than that, probably. But... Uh, no, I wanted to bring you on because obviously there's a lot of stuff going on with the Astros and all that nonsense. It keeps, it feels like it's going to go away and then it just gets worse. Right. Because they open their mouths. Yes. <laughs> Which, I mean, they were supposed to do. I mean, because you can't go into spring training. Without for, acknowledging it. Without, you know, saying like, I'm sorry. Hey, sorry that we cheated a bunch. Right. In a really unprecedented way. Mm-hmm. So let me start with, when this first came out, I did not think it was that big of a deal. Okay. Because sign stealing is like a time-honored tradition in baseball, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got like the 51 Giants who are using like a telescope and whatever to steal signs. And like light up the scoreboard. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, right. listen, is it is it worse than that? Like, yeah. and, and the initial reports that, like, yeah, they're using video instead of a telescope, but the technology of the time, like, what's the difference really? Sure. You know, and they're banging on a trash can, whatever. And I'm like, I don't really care about that. That doesn't really put me to a place where I think this is this huge scandal that it was getting the attention for. Mm. And then, A, it kept getting worse in terms of, I'm pretty sure there were buzzers involved. Right. They haven't proven that or distinctively said that, but it feels like they're, they were wearing a device, mm-hmm. which to me puts it in a whole different ballpark. Um no pun intended, I guess. <laughs> uh, but it puts it in a whole different ballpark in terms of what they were actually doing. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you in terms of like, it feels like an arbitrary line to me, but it also seems like, okay, this type of cheating is unprecedented. Whereas before there was some sort of, we had a roadmap that this was something that maybe people weren't okay with, but everybody just kind of turned their head to. You know, I, I think it's, I think you're right that it's unprecedented in a way that it's the mix of technology and uh, the ability to to steal signs and cheat. Yeah. Um, When those two things intersect, because if you have a guy on second base, I mean, there's a reason. All bets are off. There's a reason the catcher's switching up his signs to begin with. Yeah, there's a reason there's an indicator. You're going through multiple signs. Everybody knows you can look right in. But every team does that. Yeah. You know, if you're able to steal that sign from second base, if they're not changing their signs, well, then you're on that's on them. That's on them. Yeah. This you can't defend against. I mean, you saw... Unless you're always using multiple signs and an indicator. Correct. That's constantly changing. Right. Which, you can argue, that's kind of what they do in football. I mean, they change their calls from the line of scrimmage every week. Right. Well, and so, I don't know if you ever saw the video of Danny Farquhar. And when he was pitching, I think it was with 
the Mariners. I don't think so. I believe, God, I think it was the Mariners. I know that he pitched for the Mariners at some particular point in time, but they were at Minute Maid, mm-hmm. and I think it was Evan Gaddis at the plate, and it was like six pitches, and Gaddis was sitting on every single one of them. Yeah. And Farquhar heard the trash can. Sure. And he calls his catcher up, and he's like, we have to use a different sign. We have to mix this up because they know everything what that we're calling. Are, yeah. And so I think at that point, and that was later on in the, in the 2017 season, yeah. where you know, at least they knew we need to switch up our signs. Mm-hmm. We need to do something different. And I think word kind of got out that the Astros were doing this. And I think it was like baseball's best kept secret until Mike Fires was like, hey, look, they're actually doing this. I mean, around the league, it was kind of baseball's worst kept secret, right? Like, right. It was... Everybody kind of knew it was happening, but nobody could prove it. And because mm-hmm. and complaints were made well before that. I think the complaints go back all the way to 2016. Right. In terms of like formal complaints to Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when they sent out the memo saying, if we catch you we're doing gonna this, you. If, we're, we're, we're going to specifically using technology. And we're going to take away draft picks. Yeah. And that was their main sticking point is we're going to take away your ability to rebuild a farm system or continue to build a farm system. Sure. So with that threat out there... I think even your Red Sox have yeah. been implicated in this, but, sure. but it seems like Obviously so with far... Obviously, with Alex Cora and, and the, from going from Houston, Ben Coach, to the uh, Red Sox uh, manager, right? Yeah. Right. And so I know Manfred has recently come out and said that the, the punishment for the Red Sox is looming, which makes me believe that they were cheating after that memo was released. Sure. Because yeah. it seemed like that... Everyone was using this this similar technology, yeah. if, if not the exact same as what the Astros were doing. Something in the same neighborhood. Right. Yeah. But where it begins with the Astros, it was it was the general manager going to... Well, it was like the general manager, the assistant general manager, yeah. going to scouts, sent out an email to a bunch of the scouts in the organization and said, hey, look, we're trying to find a way and devise a way in order to make our hitters better. Sure. And one scout actually came back and said, I've, I've, I know a system. Like, all you have to do is set up a center field camera, steal their signs, and then somehow relay that from a live feed to the batter before the pitch is thrown. Sure. And then, hence, the trash can thing was born. I think that the complexity of their system involving buzzers and whatnot, I think that came after that season, mainly because of what Farquhar did. I think that kind of shook them up a little bit, and they're yeah. like, this is flawed, and people are going to be able to catch on to this pretty quick. Right. I think I, I think that for me personally, as a baseball fan, this is a, the most egregious thing I think that's ever happened. The Black Sox thing in 1919 was something different. Sure. Because the players weren't getting paid anything. They were getting paid shit. And the managers were... They were all colluding. There was no free agency. Yes. There was nothing like that going... There was. It was a completely... Unfair system. People make the argument that while they'll make the argument and point to payroll saying, well, the White Sox were actually one of the most well-compensated teams in the league at the time, which they were. Sure. However, the system itself, which, again, prevented free agency until, what, the early 80s? Is that Kurt Flood is early 80s? Yeah. Late 70s, early 80s? Yep. Um, so you're talking another 70 years mm-hmm. um, from the Black Sox to free agency. Um, and then, furthermore, the collusion of owners and managers to m- keep salaries down Correct. within their players. So, while the White Sox were relatively well-paid 
compared to their peers at the time, Mm -hmm. the system in general, really for the next 70 years after that still, kept players, I don't want to claim poverty or anything here, but compared to the money that the sport was making, was an incredibly disproportionate amount of money that was being sent to the labor. Right. Well, I mean, you look at, I mean, stadium shots of... You know, the the nineteen I mean, even nineteen ten to nineteen twenty yeah. World Series, and it's just packed. I mean, it's packed full of people. Every, every and, and they clearly all, had the funds to pay yes. these players. I think that was kind of the 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 flip side of the Black Sox scandal. Granted, they they cheated <laughs> as well because they earned money that they shouldn't have got sure. by throwing games. Um, I, I can't think of another particular scandal in baseball that is Yeah, let's, let's keep it to the this. modern era. Let's right. keep it to the free agency era because everything else before that's kind of a different world. Right. And so I, I hear this this often run, you know, excuse of, you know, well, steroids was worse, but it's not. Steroids wasn't worse. Because you still had to hit the ball. You didn't know what was coming. Also, the Astros knew every single pitch that was coming. Also, not to mention... I'm glad you brought up steroids because I love steroids. <laughs> um, just the idea of them. I don't use them. Mm-hmm. Um, although, if you know, again, no. Um, uh, <laughs> no, so the thing about steroids, number one, it wasn't even officially against the rules for the majority of the steroid era. Mm-hmm. So through 2002 is when they put the rule in place, and the first year they tested was 2003. So through that time, it was not even against the rules. Right. So if you could somehow acquire it legally, illegally, whatever, you were in the clear. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's number one. The steroid scandal, not actually a scandal because they weren't cheating. Right. Um, and especially when you consider the number of players in the Dominican or Latin America or wherever, where you can just buy this stuff. It's not illegal. It's not, you know, as as narcotic drug in those in those countries, it's just a thing that you can buy at the pharmacy. Mm-hmm. So those guys weren't even doing anything illegal. And a lot of the guys like Barry Bonds were using, they called them designer steroids. What a lot of the bodybuilding community calls them is like pro hormones, which were not made illegal in the United States until like 2016. Okay. So like 15 years after that still. So most of the stuff these guys were using was a, a, not against the rules of baseball, and B, not illegal yet in the United States. Mm-hmm. So the argument against steroids as being this huge scandal, it's like, I get that you don't like it, but they literally didn't do anything wrong for like 90% of the steroid era. Right. Well, it's, it's so I, I demarcate like what a, a scandal is, is what the writers write about. I mean, baseball writers in particular are very stringent upon you need to follow yes. the rules this is the way... More it, importantly, it, you need to follow the unwritten rules. Correct. Which, that's where this all gets muddy. Right. Which writers write about all the time, so aren't they really written down? <laughs> but if you write the word unwritten rules, does it continue to be an unwritten rule? Right. But but the way that this Astro scandal has unfolded, it wasn't quite... I mean, granted, it was, it was Ken Rosenthal who released the initial report, sure. if I'm not mistaken. I believe so, yeah. Um... But it, it also came up organically because of the new technology that we have. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go to any Astros game in Minute Maid Park in that 2017 season, 
and you can listen for the trash can being banged on the guy did that pitches. Uh, there's right. a, on the internet the guy literally listened to every pitch from that seat from the regular season and he year. was an Astros fan yeah he went and did that because he was like I need to prove this to myself that this was real and then yeah. he was like and then he, and then he was like disgusted by it right yeah and he's like I can't believe the organization that I, I held in you such know, high regard for so long you know an easier way to prove it to yourself look at the home road home road splits uh home home road splits and then uh OPS yeah it's stacked <laughs> it's unbelievable it <laughs> and then strikeout rate yes at, at home was it was unreal you know? and it's like even statistically now that we're in this new age of analytics how did no one notice that huge outlier where yeah. they just like that's just how good the Astros are like how did this how did no one notice this until two years after the and fact here's my theory on baseball mm-hmm. most people don't look at the stats that closely okay because even if you're like a GM or whatever unless you're in one of those stadiums that's well known for having a hitter's advantage, like Coors Field. Oh, Minute Maid, so that way too. Minute Maid. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, maybe that's why they didn't notice it because they're like, ah, it's just Minute Maid. Right, but it's strikeout percentage, right? So it's the rate of strikeouts. Sure, you got strikeout percentage, but if you're like, looking at if you're looking at OPS, if you're looking at the sure. home road splits, and you're just like, uh, maybe they just get in a better groove here because they, you know, mm-hmm. there's a psychological advantage in, in addition to the actual physical advantages of the field. Um, Fenway, you see that a lot, where guys just bang stuff off the monster all the time. Mm-hmm. So there's certain places where I think they do dive into the home road splits, but I think for the most part, and maybe I'm wrong here, I think a lot of these teams, their player evaluation is not as sophisticated as we would lead, as we would as we would be led to believe. Okay. I think a lot of times they're not diving as deep. And listen, don't get me wrong, your strikeout rate. Home road, home road splits, OPS, that type of thing, is not diving that deep. It really isn't. But I think there's a level of, especially with established guys, I don't think you're looking that far into it. I think when you're trying to find diamonds in the rough, you start looking to some of these auxiliary numbers to say, okay, can this maybe translate to something else? You know, maybe he, uh, maybe he didn't put up great traditional numbers, but what was his batting average on balls in play and what was his, you know, what was his expected batting average versus what we actually saw from him and that type of thing. You know, maybe he, like legitimately maybe he just had a bad luck year sure. where everything was an atom ball, right? Mm-hmm. And when you get to these fringe guys that you're trying to like either get a bargain on or trying to fill a hole, I think that's when they start to really dive deep. But the other thing you have to remember is most of these guys were just under contract. I mean, you're talking about a lot of really young guys for the Astros at the time. Sure. Like Correa, Bregman, Altuve, guys that are either under contract. Nobody else is really looking into it because they're not trying to sign them. They just look and they say, oh, Bregman had 28 home runs and a 900 OPS. Awesome. Cool. And let's give him a silver slugger whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Altuve. Let's give him the MVP. You know, he had these were his raw stats. They didn't really have a purpose to look that deep into him. Sure. And so I think that might have been part of it. Well, I think even analytical baseball writers, I mean, you would have, at some particular point in time, you would have had to have noticed that split. And you would have had to notice how much of an outlier it is. The yeah. fact that they don't strike out at Mid-Maid Park. That's true. I mean, that maybe it didn't raise a red flag because they were like, well, that they're just that good. And they're, they, A, they're that good, and you are, I guess strikeout rate's a different thing, but you already see... Okay, offensive numbers are just elevated at Minute Maid Park anyway. Mm-hmm. Maybe somehow in your head you make a connection to 
somehow that's affected their strikeout percentage as sure. well. I could see easily. You can explain it away pretty easy if you yes. don't have a reason not to. Right. Or just looking at the number and, you know, and not quite quantifying it into a, like, if you see it on a graph, it's striking. Staggering. It, it really but is. But if you're just looking at data. If you're looking at raw data, you're like, well, they don't strike out that much. You're like, oh, that's crazy. It, that's, it's a high contact team. They're a high contact team away from home as well. They're, they've been a high contact team. Yeah. It's just been their philosophy. That makes sense. They don't strike out. But then when you look at it on a graph, you're like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> How did we when not When you look at it in notices. comparison directly to something else, right? that's where it becomes pretty staggering. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I understand how it didn't get caught before. Right. That part of it makes sense to me. Now, at least from the numbers, mm-hmm. how it didn't get caught before with like the trash can and AJ Hinch breaking TVs in the clubhouse, like how it no one on that team or that had left that team said anything until now, that's the part that's weird to me because there's a lot mm-hmm. of transactions in baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Rosters are very fluid. Guys get sent down, they get designated for assignment, they get traded, they get cut, they get just signed by a different team as a free agent. There's a lot of turnover on baseball rosters, especially the 40-man, right? Mm -hmm. And so the fact that it took two and a half more years for anyone to say anything, when you have to figure, I haven't done the math on it, but dozens of people have come and gone from the organization in that time, Mm -hmm. at least, that's the part that's surprising to me is that no one said anything until now. Right. Well, and so I want to bring up the trash can thing. Sure. So, I, yeah, I see this this take a lot. It's like, how did no one notice? Like, how did no one just pick up on the fact that when it was a breaking ball, there was a noise before it? And when you're in the throws of competition, you're not really channeling no. that. You, you pretty much zone out everything that's going on around you. Correct. Um, and that's the same for the bench as well. I mean, maybe a, a bench coach from the opposing team noticed it. You know, every yeah. time we, we call for a breaking ball, suddenly there's this noise before it. But you just don't – it doesn't strike you at that particular moment. I, I always think about it, you know, when you, whenever you watch a live sporting event and you're there, so much of it just kind of goes by you. Yeah, because they're because it's, it's so like a sensory easy. overload there, right. right? So your brain just filters. Well, right. So I mean, I, I thought back to like the Vandy Whistler. Yeah, and at a particular point in time, it becomes white noise. I mean, maybe I legitimately don't ever remember hearing it. I and it, I probably <laughs> went to three or four Vandy games while yeah. going on during the College World Series, and, like, I don't even remember it. Yeah. Like, people were like, oh, isn't that Whistler super annoying? I was like, what? Well, so it, it, the reason that it got, I think, got picked up so much is because you can hear it on the broadcast. Yes. And you can hear it in the press box because there's a press box microphone, so the writers are going to write about it, and they're going to make a big stink about yes. it. Yes. But, like, if you're sitting in the stands, you don't notice it. It just sounds like white noise. It sounds like stadium noise. Yeah, it really does. You know, because especially at a Major League Baseball game, there are noises going on all the time. If there's a foul ball, they play a fake, you know, window breaking (laughs) noise. I mean, there's the, you know, the let's go whatever chance. They just go on. Constant stimulation. Right. Yeah. So for people not to pick up on the fact that, and remember, the Astros were good. So there was a lot of people typically. A lot of people there. A lot of people cheering, making noise, whatever. Right. People chant, or people like stomp their feet and do the, like, the chants and whatever. Like, it's not crazy to me that nobody noticed the trash can. Right. And even if you notice the trash can, to then be able to correlate it to. Oh, that only happens during certain pitches. Mm-hmm. Like I understand how that didn't happen. Right. Um, as far as like how it took Mike Fires so long to like finally come out about this. Yeah. I think that that does kind of play into it's 
against the players, right? Yeah. Because he's putting his fellow players at risk for, you know, potentially getting suspended or banned from baseball or whatever. But I think that when you look at it over time, I think what Mike Fires, I think since he got called up, sent down, I mean, he had a lot of time in between both leagues. Yeah. And he was able to see, hey, they knocked this guy out and he never pitched again in the major leagues. Yeah. Like, that was his shot. I mean, granted, he had like a, a four or five ERA going into that game, but yeah. afterwards it was like, I think it was like six, eight when he left. Yeah. And he never pitched again in the major leagues. And that completely took away that man's opportunity to earn a paycheck because he, it, it, it disallowed him from ever pitching again in the major leagues. It was literally an unfair, an uneven playing field. Correct. And I think that that weighed on his conscience enough where he finally kind of broke and he was like, this is completely unfair. And I think that it was because the Astros had also cheated in 2019 as well. Yeah. I don't think it ever stopped. No, 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 no. And I mean, we'll see what, what Manfred does, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure, in a little bit. Yes. And the punishments, but... I think it just weighed on his conscience so much, and he's like, I have to do something. And I think that he also talked to Ken Rosenthal, and Rosenthal's like, we've been working on this for a while. Yeah. And we need something. Someone to back it up. Someone to put voice to it. Right. Um, That's so, And that's another key area to me where this differs from steroids. Mm -hmm. Because I think there's an argument to be made that... Not everyone, but a vast majority of players during a certain time period in the 90s were using some sort of performance enhancer, whether it was steroids, whether it was greenies, whatever it was. I mean, baseball just this year started testing for Coke again. <laughs> so, and if you're... Wow. Te- it, I swear. I didn't think they ever stopped. They did. <laughs> well, they wouldn't have had a league in the 80s. Right. It, no shit. So they stopped. But, I mean, they had the drug trials in the in the late 80s. Yeah, and... and I mean, they called up, um, oh, God, what was his name? Well, they called up Lonnie Smith. I know Lonnie Smith was a part of it. Yeah. Uh, and, and a couple, uh, uh, Andujar, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, Keith Hernandez. Yep. Uh, and they called them all the trial, and they were like, you're, and it was congressional, so they they couldn't lie. And they were like, well, we're tell using that to the steroid guys. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> they were like, we're using cocaine. It's like, yeah. <laughs> we were. Please don't do it, kids. I love that there was a statistical analysis of, I think it was like Keith Hernandez in the 80s and his two best years. And he was the best hitter in baseball. Yeah. And it was his two years where he was actively doing the most cocaine. That's because in baseball, especially, mm-hmm. you've got weird schedules. You finish your games really late at night. It's hard to go to sleep because you're coming off of a sporting event where there's adrenaline and everything. So you go to bed really, really early in the morning, and then you sleep all day, and you do this 162 times a year. Like, the ability to have a sudden burst of energy is really, really helpful. Yeah. That's why amphetamines and greenies or whatever you want to call them were such a big deal, especially after they cracked down on the cocaine. Mm -hmm. Because... A lot of people need that in terms of just need that burst of energy because baseball, more than any other sport, is just a grind. Yes. And so whether you're – but, yeah, if you're talking about cocaine, if you're talking about greenies, you're talking about amphetamines, you're talking about actual anabolic steroids, I think there's a time period of probably 15-ish years where the vast majority of players were using something. Mm-hmm. So you're no longer talking about an uneven playing field. You're talking about perhaps a tainted playing field if you're one of the traditionalists and 
are okay with the fact that Babe Ruth didn't have to face black people. Right. But, you know, you're, you're talking about a, a playing field that's shifted in one way or another. Right. Mm-hmm. And But I, I think it was shifted that way for just about everyone. Well, because I, I think that those drugs and those products were available widely across very the entire widely. league. Very widely. Yes. And there was a guy or two in every clubhouse that you knew who to go to, mm-hmm. you knew what to do, right? So to me, that's another big key difference between what was going on in the steroid era and what was going on with the Astros and the Red Sox and the sign stealing. Um, so I did want to make sure we mentioned that. Yes. Um, you also brought up the idea that fires may have been concerned about uh, suspensions or fines amongst his other players. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we saw that was not the case. Correct. Because Rob Manfred is a sissy. <laughs> is, am I still allowed to say sissy in 2020? I, yeah, I think that's I don't like, think that has any, like, gender I or... Yeah, I don't think you're going to get canceled for getting saying sissy. Identity <laughs> correlation. So I, think, I, I think wimpy would be good. Wimpy? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, wimpy. We'll go in wimpy. Um, he, he wimped out. Yeah. And gave the players immunity, which is... I get that he wanted their cooperation, but I think it was more so he didn't want to be handing out suspensions to half of the Astros and then dozens of players throughout the league that used to be on the Astros. Right. To me, it was a PR move, not a practicality move in terms of player cooperation with the investigation. I agree. Yeah. Well, and so, I mean, you think traditionally baseball is has always been a sport where they've come down hard. Yeah. On people who bend the rules just a teensy bit. I mean... Pete Rose is still not in the Hall of Fame. Pete Rose. He was one of the most prolific Joe Jackson. Hitters. Yeah. Um, even now with the steroids, I mean, it's if Barry 50, Bonds isn't going to get into the Hall of Fame because which is he did nonsense. Some, I know. Well, but we, we've talked about that before. <laughs> you know, but, but even now, um, 50 games, 100 games, yeah. life, right? Yep. And so you're talking... Yeah, you're talking about a sport that hammers its players. Yes. And when when Manfred came down, I was like, all right, this is the first wave. Like, this can't be just it. Because it's $5 million. It's a loss of... Which think, is nothing. I think it's the first five rounds of the draft? No, it's the first two the next it's two years. First two. Okay. It's only first four two picks. Next two, yeah. So you essentially lose out. Which are good picks, but that's... Listen, especially in baseball, where the draft is a crapshoot, that's not that big of a deal. It's if true. you're... Like an NBA team losing a first-round pick for two years in a row, that's a big deal. Right. First two rounds, too, in the NBA. Well, I mean, that's the whole draft. Right. So basically, you don't draft for two years. So, I mean, Rob Manfred, this I mean, this would make sense for a basketball an NBA team. Yes. This is, even an NFL team, this Sure. First two rounds. I mean, that means if you need a quarterback, you're not getting one for two years at least, minimum. But this doesn't decimate a farm system. At all. Mookie Betts was in the fifth round. I mean, there's there's a, Correct. There's a million players. Laundry list. Just, like, literally almost all of them. Correct. And the number of players that have been drafted number one overall who have been nothing is just as long. Right. And then he suspends A.J. Hinch and uh, the the GM. I always forget his name. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, hear, I hear he's like uh, yeah. a super tool, so I don't feel bad forgetting him. Right. So they suspend um, those two for a year. And then they immediately get fired by Jim Crane. 
Right. Who also sounds like a super tool. Uh, he sounds like he's he has no idea what baseball is. He sounds like he's got Trump disease. Yes, he sounds like he's got Alzheimer's. Where? I mean, because you saw the clip of him coming We're, out and saying, you know... Well, I don't think it affected we, the games. We didn't think this affected the games. And then they're like, how can you say this didn't affect the games? He's like, oh, I didn't say that. No. <laughs> and well, like, and, then, and then he said this affected the games, and then they were like, how could... What? what? And yeah. he's like... I didn't, I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, no, you like literally just said it. Right. Um, yeah. So there's, and that's the other thing is Jim Crane outside of the money, which theoretically comes from him, mm-hmm. didn't receive any punishment. Right. The players didn't receive any punishment. Really. It just came down to Hinch and Lunau, right? Jeff Lunau. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Thank you. And which is kind of a joke in terms of punishment. So it, it kind of makes me think that this was pervasive, and this won't throughout be the league. You correct. mean correct? And I sure. And so part of me actually believes that the Astros are a sacrificial lamb. And but it's like you're not killing the lamb; you're just like cutting it a little bit on the shoulder, and it bleeds a little, and you're like, "Oh no!" Well, but but they're the first team to get caught. Yeah. And so that's why I'm saying like. Because the Astros were the first team to get caught, he didn't want to go too hard on them because there's 20 other teams doing the exact same thing, and they didn't get caught. Which is a possibility. Right. But. Just a theory. Just a conspiracy theory. And I've heard that. Mm -hmm. And I've also heard that I believe Major League Baseball, I I don't remember where I heard this. Twitter probably, which means it's like 30% chance it was true. Sure. Um. That Major League Baseball had sent out a memo before the punishment of the Astros that basically told the other clubs to keep their mouths shut, otherwise they like the investigations would continue. Mm-hmm. Um, in so many words, which to me would lend credence to your idea that it was a pervasive issue, right? Where it's like, hey, if you don't want this to come to your doorstep, don't like don't come down real hard on the Astros. Mm-hmm. Now we've seen teams start to start to speak out. Well, players, players, correct. Start to speak out. Um, most notably, probably Mike Trout yesterday, who I who's like the most milk toast guy of all time. Like I didn't even know he could talk. If you, <laughs> I, I did not. I thought he had like the uh, Little Mermaid thing where he had traded his baseball skills for his voice. <laughs> Um, his ability to be marketable? Yes. <laughs> he traded everything interesting about him yep. to be uh, Mickey Mantle without the alcohol problem. Correct. And <laughs> it was... And so I, I was just like, listen, if you pissed off Mike Trout, like, you done messed up. Yeah, when Mike Trout's legitimately saying, <laughs> I've lost respect for him, I'm like, you can't... That's like anybody else just giving you, like, a double middle finger. Correct. It's like, you have really disappointed me. Coming mm-hmm. from Mike Trout... That's about the most cutting thing you can say. <laughs> Without a doubt. And and so it's so interesting that now you have this wave of players. Uh, Whit Merrifield was another one. Yeah. Who was like, Judge should have the MVP. Yeah. Uh, they should take that away because Altuve cheated, and he cheated Judge out of an MVP. I think Bellinger came out and said the same exact thing. Bellinger said that, and you've also started to have a handful of players come out and say that they should vacate the 2017 title. Right. Not that they should award it to the Dodgers, because that's not a real thing. That's weird. Mm -hmm. But that it should be vacated. Mm -hmm. And I, I understand both sides of that argument, because one, especially since Manford was an idiot and already gave immunity to the players, it's 
basically the worst thing you have left outside of a future postseason ban, which I also think would be warranted. Yes. Uh, but also, on the other side of it, like everybody saw him win the World Series. So what does it really change? It doesn't change anything. It's like taking uh, Louisville's title away. It's like taking Louisville's title away. It's like taking Reggie Bush's Heisman away. It's Correct. like Reggie Bush is still a Heisman winner. I saw it. Yeah. You know what happened. I mean? Yeah. Like, I saw the thing. He received the trophy. I saw it happen. Yeah. Houston still had the parade. What, are you going to take the parade back? You can, yep. you can <laughs> put the parade in reverse? Like, Give me all your ticker tape. How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> I mean, so I, I think vacating titles is nonsense. I think it's so stupid. I agree. It's one of the dumbest punishments in sports. And we know this because it's something the NCAA does all the time. Correct. So if it's like their go-to, if it's a go-to move for the NCAA, <laughs> it's got to be idiotic. Yeah. So I agree with Manfred for not vacating the title. But future postseason ban, mm-hmm. I think, is very warranted. Okay. So if you could, if you could come up with a, a list of punishments that you think the Astros should have received. Yes. What what would some of them be? Because I've, I've thought of a couple of them. Okay, so for me, I would do, let's say, a two-year postseason ban. Mm-hmm. And I would do, I would break my promise to the players, and I would, I would start handing out suspensions. I would give probably, I don't know what a good number is, but if we're saying this is worse than the steroid era, let's, call it a first-time steroid accusation and give it 50 games on a rolling basis so that they can still feel the team. Mm. But let's say no more than, let's see, there's three chunks of 50 games per in the season. Let's try and get them all done over the next two seasons with the postseason ban. So you got six windows. You've got a 40-man roster. So let's say no more than five guys at a time are suspended. Mm-hmm. Five or, or seven. Okay. Seven guys at a time are suspended. So, yeah, you're going to have to dive into your minor leagues. You're going to have to start those service clock times. Yep. Like, these are these are wide-reaching punishments. And it's like, yeah, with these suspensions, you're not making the postseason anyway. Mm-hmm. But just to have the postseason ban on there, because I believe that's unprecedented in baseball. Mm-hmm. And if we're saying this is an unprecedented scandal, it deserves unprecedented punishment. And, um, you know... I, I wouldn't suspend anybody that's currently on the roster that was not on the 40-man at the time because mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense to me. But anybody that's still on the roster or on another roster that was on the Astros from, what, 16 to 19 or whatever, whatever window we decide was uh, was violated, then you can suspend up to seven players from that team at a time okay. in order to uh, fulfill their suspensions. And they have to be done in a block. You have to do the 50 games at one time. You can't do like, oh, let's do five here and then 10 here. Yeah. Every other 50 game. Jose Altuve is making 50, missing 50 games in a row. Mm-hmm. And that's probably how I would do it. Right. Which would essentially be a postseason ban because they're not yes. going to make the postseason. But you're also <laughs> getting a formalized postseason ban just so it says so in the official record. Mm-hmm. See, I think they that should, would be my plan. I think they should hard cap them. Put oh, a, put a 50, interesting. Put a $50 million hard cap on them and say all of the players that can't that you can't fulfill, like if you have a contract with, with a player that's that will, will go over that $50 million, sure. you have to send them into free agency and release them. And you have to take you that. You should do hit. a draft, like a Rule 5 draft yes. with the players that don't send them into free agency. Yeah. Have a Rule 5 draft with teams that 
I mean, first of all, they'd have to complete like a league-wide investigation right. so that it was only teams that were not involved in a scandal of similar ilk. Right. So, like, obviously the Red Sox don't get a pick in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, do like a Rule 5 draft basically with anyone from the Astros or probably the Red Sox, too, at this point. Yeah. Which they're probably going to trade you away their best players for nothing anyway, so you don't Correct. really have to. Or, um, or how about this? Do a Rule 5 draft just in the uh, AL West. Sure. Yeah. So they have to play the opposing players. That would be phenomenal have to play. So every, the other against the, the other four teams in the in the AL West. Yep. Just get a cherry pick the best ten guys off the off the Astros roster that don't make, and everybody else has to be. They have to fill it with minimum salaries mm-hmm. and minor leaguers. Right. Because a third of the games that the Astros played were against the AL West. Yeah, that's true. So, so they were the most dramatically affected. Correct. So the you know the Athletics and the Angels. Uh, that would be phenomenal. In the in the Mariners, right? That's a terrific idea. Yeah. So I think they should hard cap them, and then I don't think they should spend any of the players, because really this was this was a systemic thing that came from the sharp. And so if you're going to punish them, punish them from the managers and the general manager's perspective, they lose international free agency where they can't sign an international free agent for five years. Yeah, don't just dock the money. Just you can't sign anyone. You can't sign anyone yeah. internationally for five years. Uh, you lose the first five rounds of the draft for the next 10 years. Sure. You would completely cripple, decimate them, cripple yeah. the organization that way, which is the way that it should be. Yes. Because it was a systemic thing that started in the minor leagues, that started with scouts. It went that deep where and it was a scout that came up went, with this idea and they ran with it. And went all the way up to the owner. Right. So it's like there was toxicity well below Luno, Lunhow, or however you pronounce his name. I, I never. Lunau, I think. Lunau, okay. Uh, not to mention. Yeah. We're also talking about an organization that had that that uh, very happily signed some guy, I don't remember the reliever's name, that had the horrible domestic abuse issue. Ozuna? Yeah, Ozuna. Ozuna, yeah. Um, and then you had the assistant GM that was talking trash to female reporters about Ozuna. Right. Um, so it's kind of just a trash organization in general. Correct. That probably deserves to like get SMU'd. Yes. Basically, just death penalty him. Mm-hmm. Um, what about so it's different in baseball and American sports in general obviously because we don't have the same system but there was a scandal over in the English Premier League mm. where Manchester City got I believe they've been relegated for 2 years wow because of a something with they 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 cheated with their Financial compensations, or I, I don't remember exact the exact details, but I believe they've been relegated for two years. Holy shit! Which is enormous because they right. won the league pretty recently, or they've been one of the best teams in the league for the last several years since they got under new ownership, and they spent a ton of money on star players. And so I know there's not a direct correlation to that with baseball because you can't I mean it'd be really funny to make the Astros play a triple A schedule <laughs> and ride on like buses it would be especially since Jim Crane was the one that wanted to like contract the minor leagues mm-hmm. so it'd be incredibly funny to make them play a triple A schedule true um, but but I don't know how practical that is mm-hmm. and so in light of that I think what you've suggest, man. I really like the hard cap and make and letting other teams draft their players. Mm-hmm. That I like a lot. It makes a lot of sense. It makes perfect sense because that is kind of the punishment for the players. Mm-hmm. Even though like they still going to make their money or whatever, um, 
and then you don't have to worry about the you don't have to worry about the players association like appealing all the suspensions and having it be a whole big thing i do think you'd have to leave their current contracts intact with their new team Correct. So if you draft that player, their new team is assuming that contract because otherwise you run into legalities with players not getting their promised compensation and that would be an issue with the collective bargaining agreement. Well, see, I thought, and this would go over well, the Players Association, that if the Astros had to rule five somebody because they couldn't fit them into that $50 million cap space, yeah. then they would pay them the rest of their contract. Oh, so they just pay them out. Right, so they pay them out and then they would essentially become a free Sign agent. a new contract. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Right. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. yeah, you'd have to make sure they got all their money somehow. Correct. Because otherwise the Players Association would freak out. Right. And so I thought for, for like every dollar that they went over that $50 million hard cap, yeah. like they would have to spend, or they'd have to give like a million dollars back to the pool. Sure. So like they'd have to give a million dollars essentially to the Players Association. Sure. Right. That would, that makes sense. I do like that. Um, yeah. Was that, that was your big one or did you have another one? That was pretty much my yeah, big one. That because, one I, because that would that would cripple yes. the Astros in for a, an entire decade. In addition to the, as you said, the lost draft picks. Right, because they cheated to win a World Series. Yeah. World's, it's one thing to cheat and lose in the it's wild card game. It's also one thing to cheat as you mentioned before, to lose a World Series like the, uh, like the Black Sox did. Right. That's just a different thing. Mm-hmm. Also, there's a lot of, not to go back to the Black Sox again, but there's a lot of evidence that throwing games in baseball at the time was incredibly common. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, there's writings about between owners and stuff that it was just a pervasive issue mm-hmm. that the owners were aware of. And so they kind of just, they kind of, again, they made the the Black Sox a sacrificial lamb right. in order to try and put a stop to it. But it was because it happened in the World Series. Yes. Which was the, you know, Just puts the World it on Series. a different <laughs> level. Exactly. Right? And it is doing the same thing with the Astros right now and theoretically with the Red Sox whenever that investigation gets done. Um, and full disclosure, I'm a Red Sox fan, but right now I hate them a lot because they just traded Mookie Betts. Right. Which is just the <laughs> dumbest thing of all time. Well, Verdue was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he's got a broken back. Yeah, well. So not great. But he's still, he's got good stuff. <laughs> he's got, if, I mean, if his back's not broken, <laughs> you traded the best player you've had since Ted Williams for a guy with a broken back. That is the centerpiece of the deal. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is a contract year for Mookie, right? It is. Right, so... They were going to have to pay him. Right. So maybe they still can. But they were just offloading him. No, they they were offloading him because they weren't going to pay him. See, I thought they were offloading him because they were in trouble with the luxury cap. That's their excuse, but I read a pretty convincing article on The Ringer that, that actually did the numbers on this, and by the time they... They do all this, it saves them, I think, like $20 million. Right. Because I think with Mookie's contract, they were $5 million over Correct. that luxury cap. So they would owe, I, I don't know the, the right number, but it was even if you it don't, was more than $20 million, I think. Well, no, I, 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 was, I was reading this article that even mm-hmm. if they, um, they only did it for the next two years because there's a new collective bargaining agreement in 2021 mm-hmm. where they have to renegotiate. And so... There's no telling what the luxury tax will, tax will even be in 2021. Sure. So you're literally talking about only one year of baseball where this is an issue, and you gave away, literally pretty much gave away 
the best player, the best position player your organization has had in 60 years in an uncapped sport, an uncapped sport in which the Red Sox made $500 million last year right. because they wanted to save like between 20 and $40 million. Now, does it make you even more upset to know that they traded also for a guy named Jeter? It doesn't help. <laughs> you, know, no, you know what makes me the most upset is... So they had the initial deal with Minnesota where the fat pitcher couldn't pass a physical. Right. Um, I don't remember his name. I know it's rude to call him the fat pitcher, but he weighs 270 pounds. I don't know what else to call him. Um, so the the fat pitcher couldn't pass a physical because he's got like an elbow thing, right? Sure. To be fair, I don't think it was like a cardio issue. I think it was his elbow. He had Tommy John. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, and they had issues with the medicals. So it's not fat shaming. It's just fat identifying. Um <laughs> And so they, that initial deal fell through. Right. And I thought maybe they had just been so tone deaf before and all this outrage that came out when the initial deal was announced, they'd be like, oh, maybe we shouldn't trade him. And they still did. And then they went back and they're like, we're still going to trade you, but this time for a guy named after Derek Jeter. That sounds great. That's the part that pisses me off the most is they had an opportunity, like, how rarely does this happen where you just shit the bed and then you have an opportunity to be like, just just sham wow and the shit is gone, right? Yeah. That's the opportunity that this ownership group was given. Yep. And they're like, no, 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 let's shit again. Let's make them. The bed seems... Like a good place to continue to shoot. Well, and I think I think the ice is like the, the cherry on top is the fact that the Dodgers didn't even trade Jock Peterson. No! <laughs> they got no one good from the Dodgers! Right. And the one well, guy that might be good from the Dodgers has a broken back. Yep. <laughs> and Jeter does. That's that that didn't raise the red flag on the physicals. They're like, oh, fracture in your back? No big deal. Oh, my God. Put him in the trade. You couldn't get Jock Peterson out of that? You couldn't well, get anyone good. So, I, you know, I looked at it, and I was like, well, this is kind of fair compensation. Granted, Verdugo, he's got a fucked up back, but he's still a really good pitcher. So once he recovers from that, he's going to be, he, he will be, I guarantee it. He will be a good piece. When when they traded for a guy named Jeter, I was like, okay, they are... They they're just got, fucking with us, right? They like, they're, they're just trolling us right like, now, right? Like, someone needs to check on <laughs> the general manager. Heim Bloom. Heim Bloom. Heim. Heim. Because is the C... Heim? Yeah, the C is silent. It's spelled like Chaim. Yeah, yeah. But it's Heim. pronounced Heim. Heim Bloom. Okay. Heim Bloom. So, and he looks like a Heim Bloom. Like, he's got yeah. a very country club face. Okay. Well, so clearly he's uh, been doing all sorts of math because why, why, if you are the GM of the Red Sox, you've traded David Price, who never, I mean, great, he didn't do anything in the postseason ever. No. He always, he, he He was good in 2018. Yeah, he was the bed. He did. Most of the time. And then they're like, here is a $220 million contract because your poop is so magnificent. (laughs) Right. That's what they did. And then, and then... Uh, and then, uh, what's his name? The, uh, uh, Evaldi. Yes. Evaldi was like, I pooped in the bed less. Can I have $70 million? And they're like, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. This is a wonderful <laughs> idea. Here is your $70 million for pooping in a more organized manner in the bed. Right. And then they're like, and then Chris Sale comes along and he says, 
I didn't poop in the bed, but I hurt myself every time I get out of bed. Mm -hmm. Can I have $200 million? And they're like, of course you can. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't we give you $200 million? (laughs) And he's the contract I have the least problem with. Yes. Okay. But I'm just saying, if you take, if you don't pay David Price and you don't pay Nathan Evaldi, that's like 75% of your Mookie Betts money. Right. Well, and then, I mean, just today, they skipped out on Brock Holt and signed Jonathan Lucroy, who 10 years ago, wow, you got Jonathan Lucroy. Jonathan Lucroy now, it's like, oh no, <laughs> you are you are paying for a minor league catcher. Yep. Yep. And you, you missed out on Brock Holt, who, I'm pretty, sorry. He's, pretty good. He's pretty, 24. And can literally play everywhere. Correct. And mashes. <laughs> yes. Why would you want him? What are they doing? What, are they preparing to get... I like shelled here. There's one of two things that because that was my thought. There's only like, they're, they're preparing. There's only two possible wrecked by Manfred. There's only two possible things that could be happening here. One, three. There's three possible things that could be happening here. <laughs> one, they've all joined a cult in which meth is a very important part of their religion and making just really bad business decisions. Well, I'm assuming the meth leads to that sometimes. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes it's oddly clarifying. (laughs) (laughs) Number two. Much like the number two that the Red Sox have taken on this entire season already. Um, Number two, they're preparing to sell the team. Mm. And losing these players really doesn't affect the value of the franchise because it's the freaking Red Sox. Mm. And they're going to make $500 million a year whether Mookie Betts is on the roster or not because they've got that whole... Fenway marketing machine going on. People are always going to come to that ballpark. Doesn't matter if you're good. Doesn't matter if you're bad. Doesn't matter if Mookie Betts is playing center field or if I'm playing center field. Somebody's coming out to that ballpark, right? Mm -hmm. So they didn't want to pay the luxury tax. They didn't want to have cash out of their pocket while they were finding a buyer for the team. Interesting. That's option number two. Okay. Option number three is Manfred is about to just hammer them. And they're like, well, we're not paying a dime to anyone because we're not going to be competitive for four years. Right. That's the only thing that makes even a little sense is if they have gotten some sort of indication from Major League Baseball that they will not compete for a World Series anytime before Mookie Betts' 35th birthday. Right. So if that's the case, they did did the right thing. They did right by Mookie. And really by themselves. I mean, Mm -hmm. why, why pay a guy $400 million if it doesn't matter? Right. Right? Like, yep. maybe not right by the fans still, but I at least understand it in that situation. Right. Well, Mike Trout. <laughs> it's true. Um, <laughs> well, I thought I was going to get some help with Jock Peterson, and then didn't. Nope. Nope. The, nope. Because the fat pitcher didn't pan out. The fat pitcher couldn't pass a physical. I couldn't believe Because it. of his elbow, not because of his fat. Right. Um, that's the only thing that makes even a little bit of sense. Okay. In terms of... Like a baseball management philosophy. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just being dicks. Correct. Like, otherwise, it's just strictly greed. Mm-hmm. And if that's the reason, like, I'm sorry, I'm cool with people making money. I'm cool with sports owners making money because otherwise, if they're not making money, there's no sports because everybody will get out of it, right? I get it. I'm cool with that. I'm okay. But they're printing money with the Red Sox. Right. 
They also own Liverpool, where they're also printing money. Oh, wow. Okay. And they also own Roush Fenway Racing Group, where they're also printing money. Okay. The Red Sox, by themselves, made $500 million last year. That is on par with what an NBA team makes. Mm-hmm. So they really have no excuse not to spend money. This isn't Oakland. This isn't Kansas City. Like, this isn't even St. Louis, you right. know, where market size, income starts to matter. This isn't Minnesota. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox have money. They make money. And they just decided we want to keep it. Right. Which, listen, if you're pinching pennies because revenue is not coming in or you've got some longer-term plan to build. They're not building a new bar, ballpark. It's fucking Fenway. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, there's no space. Well, A, there's no space, <laughs> and they tried to, like, in 2000, and people rioted. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I guess we'll just fix this one. <laughs> uh, cool. You, cool, want, cool, cool, cool. You, you want sweets on top of the green monster? You got it. Got it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? And so, like, literally cannot... Make like couldn't build a new ballpark if they wanted to, mm-hmm. and if they want and if they decided to, they'd have to build it in Connecticut, right? Because there's no more room, no. And so, or like, you know, what they should do they should build it out of like a trash island, Ooh. like build it on a trash island, yeah, right? And then it just kind of floats, yeah, on the other. That'd be kind of cool, that'd be really cool. I'm down for that. I mean, it'd be tough for the fans to get there, but it'd be really cool. Well, you know, you just like take a ferry out there. <laughs> Just, you know, you know, 40,000 people taking a ferry. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to, like, build, like, a large ferry system. True. Um, and again, if these were expenses that they were undertaking, I would understand not wanting to pay $400 million in Mookie Betts. Yeah. A giant-ass 40,000-person ferry is expensive, and I understand that. So let me ask you this. Hypothetically speaking, um, let's say that Mookie plays a season with the Dodgers, the Dodgers win the World Series, Mookie becomes a free agent, and the Red Sox gave him his money. I, I mean, I'd be fine with it, I guess. Right, but you're just missing out on. But it's him. just like what in, was in what clearly it's it's clearly a non-competitive year for the Red Sox. I, think I mean, they're kind of throw, they're waving the white flag. They are, and they're saying, but that's it, it's only a non-competitive year because they're choosing it to be a non-competitive year. Unless we find out from Manfred that something horrible is coming down. Mm-hmm. But even then. Okay, you're losing draft picks. That doesn't affect this year. Mm-hmm. If, if he's not suspending players, it really doesn't affect this year. Hmm. And if you look at the roster, it's almost the exact same roster that won the World Series in 2018. Right. So it doesn't have to be a non-competitive year. They're just two years older. They're two years older, yeah. which in some, but they added like a Rafael Devers, who wasn't there in 2018, mm-hmm. who it's turned into a really good player. My issue is, and then you're also looking at a team last year that, I think only won like 84 games, but was also one of the teams furthest under their win expectation based on their run differential. Okay. So probably closer to a 90-win team. Like you're, And then the, the Yankees were the highest team in terms of wins above expected wins over for run differential. They were like plus 10. Mm-hmm. And so you, if, say, both those teams just are at their expected, it's basically like a two-game difference between the Red Sox and the Yankees in the AL East. So... I don't think they were as non-competitive last year as it seemed, and I don't think it was a foregone conclusion that they weren't going to be competitive this year. Hmm. That's my biggest issue, because the only guy they really lost that's significant from 18 was Rick Porcello, who was bad then and is bad now. Like, that's not, you know what I mean? That's not a big deal. Right. And so that's part of the reason I'm like, you could have been competitive and good this year, 
but kind of just punted. So unless there's something happening with Manfred and Major League Baseball in terms of punishment that we don't know about yet, it really doesn't make any sense to me. See, and that's why I th- I honestly think that there's punishment coming down. I hope there is. Like at this point, I'm hope I'm rooting for the fact that there's punishment coming down so I'm not dealing with a completely inept franchise. Right. Well, when did when did the Red Sox start sh- shopping Mookie Betts? I mean, it had to have been within the last 2 months. I mean, they kind of have been doing it all off season. Okay. There were talks, so he was he was a hot item like winter meetings. Yeah, there were talks okay. pretty early on in the offseason that the Red Sox were like, oh, we don't know if we can pay him. Or, uh, like, they were kind of dropping the okay. breadcrumbs of, he's going to, like, you know, we offered him $300 million, He wants 400 We don't know if we can. It's like, so being the <laughs> who's middle his, of, Who's his agent? <laughs> is it Boris? It probably is. I don't know. <laughs> but it's like. Fuck, of course it would be. <laughs> it's like, okay, so um, call it 360 and call it a day? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Um. I get it's $100 million off, but, like, if you come to him with, like, hey, 10 years, 360, is he really saying no? Right. Or you let him go test the free agent market, see how far off you really are, see if anybody actually is going to offer him $400 million, because I'm going to guess no. Yeah, they might. Maybe. <laughs> but on the open market, how many teams can actually offer $400 million? Uh, the Cubs. Cubs, I Dodgers. Think, well, the Cubs, are, they're being a little... Stringent with their money now. Sure, but uh, theoretically Dodgers, they could. Uh, Dodgers, probably the Blue Jays. Really? Uh, well, they're they're in rebuild mode, right? Sure. Yeah. So they need cornerstone pieces, especially with Vlad Jr. Yeah. So they need hyper competitive players, and, and they have them right now. And they're they're still very young. Very young, so they're not really spending that much money on their guys yet. Right. Uh, Braves have a little bit of money. Braves have some money. Um, Yankees and Mets always kind of come up in that conversation. I don't know how much money the Yankees are throwing around with uh, Stan's contract and Judge is going to get paid here pretty soon. So I don't know if that's – and they just paid Garrett Cole. So I don't know if that would be a realistic option. Um, I'm just saying the the suitors for a $400 million deal – are pretty limited. Right. Especially the, well, when you take yeah. out the Red Sox from the equation, you're kind of just looking at primarily the Dodgers. Right. I mean, that's the main one because they're just like, yeah, we'll spend money on everybody. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you let them go to free agency and you say, come back with a $40 million offer and we'll match it. Right. Or, they or said, we'll beat it. Or they max out their offer to him and said, if you can't find anyone that'll Get you that 400 mil, just come back to us. Yeah, be like, hey, if you want 400 mil, like, yeah. we can't go that high. See, that would make sense. We can't go that high. We can go 350. That's like our that's our top dollar mark. If you can't beat it, we're happy to sign you mm-hmm. at that at that number. But they didn't do that. They're just like, let's get this idiot with a broken back <laughs> and the fat pitcher. Oh, wait, we can't have the fat pitcher. Let's get some guy named after Derek Jeter. <laughs> Sweet. Um, now, what's what are your thoughts on? Manfred's ideas about the postseason and like expanding it to okay so I I don't really understand it all that much (laughs) like I I, I keep rereading the article that talked about it but I just can't make heads or tails of it you're like I understand the words I just don't understand what they mean I can read the words real good (laughs) Um, but I just didn't I didn't quite understand so he gets rid of the one game wild card and makes it a Best of three. Yes. Between the wild card winner and a division winner, or the divisions winner, division winners against each other. It didn't make it. Yeah, and that then, part's a little unclear to me. So what? It, what it sounded like it was like division winners would they would all 
they'd be seeded, but the I the, the team with the most wins gets would, a buy. would get a buy. Yeah. So then a wild card team plays the other division winner, but the division winner gets to pick which wild card team they play. Right. In I think a three game series, which is so fucking stupid. <laughs> First of all, fourteen is too many. Yeah. There's oh not my God. There's not fourteen good baseball teams ever. Nope. Sometimes not over two years, there's not 14 good baseball teams. Well, and so, I mean, the benefit of baseball is that you can get hot at any time, yes. right? Well, even if you're, you're picking the 14th best team in baseball, they're not going to get hot. No. What, no. They're going to be fighting for that 14. There's no fucking way. It just no. doesn't make any sense. It does The way the system is now, in my opinion, works fine. It does. I love the one-game playoff. So even, do I. Even if you expanded it to best of three, I think that's fine. But I'm at the same time, I'm like... Here's, that's a lot of baseball. <laughs> like there's you have already to play a, a lot of games in order. To there's get already a lot of baseball, mm-hmm. which I would argue you should probably cut down, but they never will. <laughs> right. I'm just saying, like, who's mad about like a? If you can make the money work, who's mad about a oh, 140 game season? No one. Well, take out. All right, so. Take out the money consideration. I, if you take yeah. out the money considerations, right. I think 120 is the good number. I think I think 120 is good, but the first thing that you have to do is you have to take out all interleague games, yes. which means you have to expand both leagues by one team. So you have to add an expansion team. Sure. So it's 16-16 on either side. Sure. Makes sense. Yep. I like that. I'm okay there. Um, that way, n- you never have to play interleague. Sure. I hate interleague so fucking much. <laughs> it should be AL versus NL in the World Series only. Yeah. Maybe you can make the argument for like... A one or two game series between like the Yankees, Mets, or like I was like, I would make Cardinals, an exception for uh, Dodgers, uh, Angels, like inner, like same area interleague, right? So like, right. so I get like Kansas rivalry, yeah. So I get like Kansas City, St. Louis isn't the same city, like it's not a, but it's Cubs, same White state. Sox, Cubs, White Sox, yep, Mets, Yankees, mm-hmm. Dodgers, Angels. That type of thing, right? And then make it so they all well, yeah. They make make it so they all play each other at the exact same fucking weekend or whatever. Yeah, just have same one day. big weekend rivalry. It's weekend. interleague day. Yeah, you pay. You play yep. uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's it. It's over. Right. See, that um, would make sense. So get rid of all that shit. Sure. I hate interleague. Fuck interleague. It's <laughs> dumb. The, re- the reason the World Series exists is because it was American League versus the National League. That's the only reason the World Series exists. Yes, because it's the two because compl- they were two separate leagues. Right. And then I think you're right. Cut down on on maybe I would go 140. I think 140 is good. 140 is a lot more manageable in terms of if it ever actually happened. Mm-hmm. In terms of selling it, which is not going to happen anyway. Right. Um, I th- honestly I think by 120 you know who's good and who's not. Right. And going back to the wild card thing and with the cutting down of games. Part of the thing that baseball is really bad at is creating urgency and stakes Mm -hmm. because there's so many games. Right. And they finally did it with the one-game playoff. Yep. The one-game wildcard playoff. It's the only game I'm probably, like, guaranteed to watch all year because I'm like, hey, this is fun. Like, they things get pretty cool. Yeah. And just throwing everybody. Yeah, they're there. just like, let's <laughs> do it. Yep. It's just you capture the magic of a game seven in a bottle, and it's beautiful, mm-hmm. right? One of the best ones was 2015 Royals A's, the year that the Royals went on to win the World Series. Yep. And 
the Cubs had traded John Lester to the A's, or the Red Sox had traded John Lester to the A's, mm-hmm. and he was supposed to be their ace and trying and like, and it was great. Yeah. The Cubs or the Royals got down early. Yeah, as a Royals fan, that was one of the greatest days of my life. It was awesome. Honest guy, right? Was. It was one of the best baseball games. It was games I've so ever much fun. Watched. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and baseball doesn't have very many of those. Correct. So to take away the one thing that provides that with any sort of regular basis mm-hmm. is stupid. Yes, and I think I just don't think they. Man, like we just saw in the All Star Game with 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 basketball, right? That they presented a some rule changes to make the game more entertaining, mm-hmm. right? It's because guys weren't playing hard enough, and so yeah, for the first three quarters, you still had guys maybe not playing that hard. But you do the Elam ending in that fourth quarter, and all of a sudden it's game seven for everybody. Right. And it was yeah. awesome. Uh-huh. Right? Basketball was able to properly identify what the issue was, and they offered a solution. Mm-hmm. Right? Baseball is just throwing shit at the wall. Yes. They don't know. Like, I legitimately well. don't think baseball understands what the issue is. It's not the length of games. Mm-hmm. It's that there's no urgency in baseball. It, it, well, the length of game bullshit, it's nonsense. Yeah, no, if, listen, if, if yeah. it was fun and if there was urgency, people would sit and watch it. You know why? Because people watch like eight hours of Netflix a night. Correct. Like, it's not a matter of their time. People sat through a four and a half hour Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you. It, there are football games that last four hours. It's Pro not. football games. Yes. People never complain about that. No, pretty regularly. I mean, a, a professional football game they're allotted for three and a half, sure. like in the TV schedule, mm-hmm. and they pretty regularly go four or longer. Right. If you go into any kind of overtime, like, all bets are off, mm-hmm. right? But, A, it's timed, so it feels like it feels like short because you know when the end is coming. Sure. Even though you really don't. Mm-hmm. And also, there's urgency. Yes. There is never urgency in baseball except for... Like four times a year, maybe, and it's all in the playoffs. Well, okay. Well, so, I mean, maybe as a Red Sox fan, you don't quite understand a playoff chase. Sure. I mean, so I do. If, like, I, well, like in past years, I, I have. Well, like, sorry, right, like, like 2013 for me as a Royals fan, they finished over 500 for the first time since 03. In ages, yeah. And I was like, holy shit. This, yeah, Gotta I, love I that watched. 03 Mike Sweeney squad. We'll see. Oh, God, I hated Mike Sweeney. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who was the third? Uh, Joe Randa, the yeah, third baseman. Yeah. I liked it. I was a big Joe Randa. I see. Fan. I love Joe Randa. Yeah. And I loved the Jesus and, and uh, yeah, and. Other other people. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to think of a bunch of names all together at once, and I just blanked. But um, <laughs> but in thirteen, it was like, all right, they finished. They, they were in the hunt in the last two weeks yeah. of the season, yeah. and they lost like three straight. And they were done. and that's fun. Those and being in the hunt in, right in for in September yep. is a lot of fun. Yes, because then every game is a point there, of television. Then there is urgency there. Correct. But again, so. With baseball, that's usually two or three teams that are in that situation on any given year. Right. It per league. So we'll call it four teams total. But then you also have teams that swoon. Sure. Teams that absolutely Just fall crater. apart. Yeah. The Braves have done it multiple times. Classic uh, Braves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Indians have done it a couple times as well, like in recent memory. So, like, that exists. I mean, it does. And you talk about urgency. 
But, I mean, there's teams that deal with the lack of urgency where they just completely fall apart yeah. as well, which is highly entertaining to watch. <laughs> because you rattle off 10 straight wins, you know, in the middle of September, and it's like, holy shit, they're going to make the playoffs. And yeah. they were 10 games back yeah. a month ago. Well, and so... So I, I think I think the first like four months of the season aren't that entertaining. No, there are no stakes. It Not is, at all. It is simply a thing to do in the summertime. Yeah. That's the way that I've always seen baseball. I'll go drive down to Kansas City, you know, <laughs> at the beginning of August, and I'll just go and have fun. Yeah. Or or you know, in the middle of May, I'll just go and have fun. Sure. and Watch a ball game. But you're right. There are no stakes early on. Well, in football, every single game counts. Sure, because there's so few games. Right. Right. But then yeah, I mean, even the NBA and NHL. Are, right. They suffer from the same thing as baseball. Yeah, and the, and the NBA, you see it a little bit with the ratings having a little bit of an issue this year. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that's because they planned their national TV schedule really poorly. Um, right. But there is. there's, And I would argue that, ba- that basketball should trim down to about 70 games. Mm-hmm. You trim that thing down to about 70 games. You do the in-season tournament that they're talking about. And then keep the playoffs the way they are. So you make the money up from the 12 games you're putting away with, on the in-season tournament. And I, I think you're back in business there in terms of making about the same amount of money. But even cutting those 12 games down makes it way more urgent. Right. And I just, there's really, it, it's really hard with 162 games to have a sense of urgency at any point. And oh, not if you're in the hunt. Yeah, other than if you're in the hunt. And again, that's best case scenario. We're talking about a third of the league in September. Right. Talking 10 teams, maybe. Probably three of those have already clinched a spot or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you're not talking about a large, you're talking about 25, 30% of the league that's interested and has urgency. Whereas you're talking about the vast, vast majority of the league and the vast majority of the season where there's just not that much. It is. It's just a. It's. It literally is a pastime. Like it's just there right. to pass time in the summertime. Absolutely. Yes. And I mean, if you're a really invested fan, and your team blows, which is me, <laughs> um, it, those the month of September becomes a lot more interesting. You know, I mean, the Royals aren't going to make a playoff chase. Sure. But, but it becomes interesting because of the expanded roster, where then I can see. Actual you can see future prospects. prospects. I can compete see against big league competition. Well, I can see guys that are on the forty man roster then get called up and actually do something where I don't have to you know go to you know a storm chaser game to watch. I'm sure, I have to go to like you know Wichita or Northwest Arkansas, right? So the Naturals. Yeah. So I mean, there's that aspect to it if you're an invested fan, but a casual observer, I could see getting turned off by that, especially because. I think baseball and hockey are both very regional specific sports. Yes. They draw fans into Which from their region. Baseball into, didn't used to be, but it very much has turned into a I think it, it always kinda has been though. I mean, right? I don't know, man. There was there was a time I wanna say from like obviously I don't remember pre strike baseball really because I was seven. Right. Um <laughs> they literally I think Started the strike on my seventh birthday. Oh, no. I believe. It's um, the worst birthday ever. It, it is. That's also the day I got diagnosed with diabetes. Oh, Jesus. Um, it was a bad day. <laughs> a, not, not my favorite day. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's say post 
And starting with Maguire Sosa, mm -hmm. going through at least mid-2000s, it felt like a national game. Like it would lead Sports Center. Yes. It would, and that doesn't happen anymore. That's because of Sports Center, though, right? But is it because of Sports Center, or is Sports Center a reflection of the population, or is it vice versa? No, I think it's because of Sports Center. I think Sports Center has, and ESPN as a whole, has so many chips in the NFL basket. They talk about the NFL. But year here's round. what you're forgetting: is an, even now. Baseball or ESPN has a pretty large stake in baseball too. Not necessarily. Well, they did. I mean, they had they had their their um, baseball tonight was on every night. Right. They I don't think that's on. Anymore, it's not. It? Right. Um, yeah. They had Sunday night baseball. They had Monday night baseball. I believe they had two more. I think they had four games on a week mm -hmm. on ESPN. I mean, they had a lot invested into baseball in terms of money and in terms of resources. And so, like, listen, I get why they don't cover the NHL, really. They have nothing in the NHL. Correct. I get why they don't cover, uh, like, the Big East. Right. For instance, they have That's nothing in the yep. Big East. But they had a financial stake in baseball. So I don't necessarily buy that they went away from it. Because especially for the vast majority of that, I mean, in the summer, they don't have that much to go on with football. Like, mm -hmm. especially... You know, until recently where they started showing NFL Live year-round. Right. They really didn't have... I don't know. It doesn't feel like to me that they had a good reason to purposely shift away from baseball unless where that that's where the national interest was going. Well, I think... Okay, so here's a chicken and the egg thing. Does ESPN and SportsCenter, do they drive that narrative? Are, are people then turned on to specific sporting events because it's on ESPN? Or is it because of the people watching ESPN that that's what they cater to? Yeah, and I don't know. See, I, I mean, and I don't know the answer. And I honestly, I, I think it's it's the, it's the, the former. I don't know because they, cause they would do that. They were doing that thing with, I mean, they did it with arena football. And still nobody watched arena football. Sure. Like, they had a stake in arena football. They showed a ton of arena football highlights and games or whatever. And still nobody watched arena football. Like, it didn't drive anyone to arena football. Mm -hmm. um, for a long time, they did that with the MLS. They had right. tons of soccer highlights. And soccer kind of started taking off on its own anyway. Mm -hmm. But there was, I remember in the early 2000s when the MLS was kind of just getting on its feet and they were pushing soccer real hard, and still nobody gave a crap about soccer. Right. So I don't know, and I get those are a little bit more niche sports, but I, I don't. We don't really have anything else to compare it to. Right. In terms of of them specifically pushing an agenda that we're aware of, in terms of what sports to watch, and so I just I don't know. I don't know that. To me, it felt like they had a big investment in baseball. And it wasn't paying off. I think Fox Sports came along and got the investment, though. I mean, they got the... Because well, at, ESPN look, never had playoffs, though. Yes, they did. When? Because it was TBS. Before. No, that was Fox. No, I, didn't ESPN have the first round? I think they had... They might have had the first round. I know the, yeah. I know the AL and all the Red Sox stuff was on... Was on... Uh, Fox. Fox. Right. Um, they may have had the first round. 
I think that they had... Actually, you're right. They did have the first... You know why I know? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't have ESPN when I was a senior in high school, which was 04. Yep. And I got the only speeding ticket of my life <laughs> going to... I was driving down to my then-girlfriend's house mm-hmm. because her parents had given me the garage code so I could watch the Red Sox game <laughs> playing against the Angels yep. in the first round in the division series of 04. ESPN, so, you're, yeah. so you're right. It was on ESPN then for sure. Yeah. And now... That's why I got a speeding ticket. Yep. <laughs> well, and so the World Series, I mean, for the past f- 10 years, I think it's been... Either the past five or 10 years has been on Fox. Yeah. Because, uh, longer than that. It was on yeah, it's Fox. Been, it's been in, a while. It was on Fox in 04. Yep. Um, I know that 100% because I still have the DVDs. <laughs> It was on Fox. Right. Um, I believe it was on in 03 as well. At least the ALCS was on Fox then. Mm-hmm. I, has ESPN ever had the World Series? I think ABC did at one point. But that was before ABC bought that was ESPN. Bef- yes. Because so was, I don't know that ESPN ever had the World Series. I don't think so. Um, but they did have... They did have early round playoffs. Correct. So that's fair, I guess. But I still... Even after that, they still had a fairly large stake in baseball programming, in the regular season at least. Right. But now they have a huge stake in NFL. True. I mean, they spent all their money just to make sure they had highlights, basically. Well, I can't even watch ESPN anymore because it's all (laughs) like... What do you think about Andy Dalton? Is he going to play quarterback next year? And I'm like, <laughs> it's fucking middle of March. <laughs> like, they talk about that shit in June. And I'm like, baseball is on right now. So There is literally a game currently happening. Right. So, I mean, like, for me, because I am a baseball fan, I'll sit and watch MLB TV. Sure. Or MLB TV is way better MLB baseball Network. Coverage. Yeah. Oh, my God. Or MLB Network. MLB, MLB Network is amazing. I can sit down and watch that. and that Phenomenal me, baseball coverage. Right. But it, it gets you the culture of baseball. It gets you interviews with baseball players. It also, suddenly brings personalities out. That whip-around show that they do yes. is awesome. It's amazing. It's the best way to watch baseball mm-hmm. because it's the it always something is always happening. Right. It's like basically baseball red zone. Yes. Um, but it's, yeah, it's phenomenal. Right, but I mean, they'll just jump to a game that's in the ninth inning. Yeah. Whatever's close. I mean, you're right. It is just like, it's like oh, we got, we got a runner on second, nobody out. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, this guy's in the fifth inning with a no-hitter. You know, this one's, we got a runner on, they're down one in the ninth. Like, it's phenomenal. Yes. So, MLB Network is essentially doing what just ESPN used to do. Yes. Because, I mean, the lead into Sports Center used to be Baseball Tonight. Yeah. And it isn't anymore. <laughs> That's true. It doesn't I mean, even exist. That is true. So I think that I think ESPN certainly caters to a lot of the national audience's uh, narrative about what sports are hot and yes. what sports yeah. are in and what's you should be what you should be watching the teams that you should be watching and the players that you should be invested in. And since ESPN has completely moved away from that, suddenly everyone's like. You know, baseball's dying. <laughs> you know, no one, no one knows any of the players that are playing baseball, and that's true. That's a real thing. I can I can ask my boss at my job <laughs> right now to name ten major league baseball players, and he wouldn't be able to. Although, if he was a big fan in the '90s and just started naming those guys, he'd okay, probably current, nail it. Current baseball players. No, no, no. I mean, there's so many of those guys' kids that are playing now. That's he could probably yeah, yeah. do it. He could probably name <laughs> half of the Blue Jays' roster. It's <laughs> yeah. a good point. Uh, Bichette, Guerrero, uh-huh. Biggio, nail yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I, I think that's the thing that hampers baseball. But, like, I mean, I'll listen to, like, Gary Sharp 
And Gary Sharp fucking hates baseball. <laughs> like, Gary, if you're listening to this, I listen to your show, and when you have Tom Chattel on and you guys trash baseball, oh my God. <laughs> it is hard for me because Tom Chattel was straight up saying, I don't know any players. I'm like, well, you don't watch MLB Network. You don't, That's true. You don't actively seek out and to learn honestly, about baseball. And baseball is so interesting to me, and I think it'd be interesting to a lot of people as well. See, I, and I'm, I'm a stat nerd. Yeah, I love stats. Mm-hmm. I basically look at numbers for a living. Um, I'm like a data analyst, except for I don't get paid quite as well because mm. uh, <laughs> I don't have like the certificate. Right. Um, but. <laughs> And, and so I love numbers. I've always loved numbers. I've always loved stats. I just, my mind works well with numbers. Um, not like math, but stats. It's a different thing. Yep. <laughs> We're not doing like calculus here. I like stats. You can visualize statistics. I like stats. I like like trending statistics, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love that part about baseball. Mm-hmm. And I always have, and I probably always will. I don't watch a ton of games. Okay. But... MLB Network really does kind of give you a cheat code. If you watch like a half hour of Whip Around a night, like you're pretty up to date. Well, you'll know the players. Yes. You'll you, know who's on specific teams. And they'll kind of like hit the major storylines and like you'll be in pretty good shape. Right. In terms of knowing what's happening. It's not perfect, but if you're just like changing or getting ready for bed or whatever, and like you can figure out, like if you watch half hour of Whip Around, a night like you're you're in pretty good shape in terms of knowing about baseball and then I'll nerd out and like well I'm taking a dump or something I'll just look at like baseball stats and stuff <laughs> baseball reference is your best oh, I love you're taking dude, a shit dude baseball <laughs> reference also if you haven't just sport reference in general mm-hmm. the college basketball stats there are better than the college basketball stats anywhere and also cuz first of all ESPN sucks at college basketball stats they're awful. ESPN just sucks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet. I don't want the overlords to hear. Um, <laughs> no, their their stats are taught terrible, mm-hmm. and most of the major media network stats are very bad for college sports. Right. In terms of like actually finding anything you want to know, mm-hmm. especially outside of like a surface level. They've played in 19 games so far this year. Oh, thank you for that. <laughs> Great. That's so helpful. They've, they've played 19 games this year. Like that, the whole team? That's <laughs> it. That's all we know. <laughs> Nobody knows how many games, how many points they've scored, how many yep. games they've won. Just they have participated in this many contests. Mm-hmm. Um, so sport reference is awesome in general. But yeah, baseball reference, you just, I sometimes I just like to look at stuff and I don't know, I'll just see stuff I didn't notice before. Yeah. And so, like, I really enjoy that part about baseball. And baseball offers more of that than any other sport. Mm-hmm. There's just more cool data with baseball than in any other sport. So I appreciate that part of it. But at the same time, kind of long way around the barn, I still find a really hard time watching, like, actually watching. I don't have it on the background, but, like, a random game in July just because it doesn't probably mean anything. Well, right. But, I mean, that's... that's. So, we talked about the pastime part of it. Yeah, that's all it is. Yes, it is. I, I mean, so... It's, I mean, it's white noise, basically. Well, yeah. When July rolls around, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, working either in the garage or yeah. in the yard, I'll put a game on the radio. I don't care who's playing. I'll just See, play a game. Baseball's a phenomenal radio sport. Correct. Because like, if you're in the car... It is. It's because, a great radio sport. Because radio announcers for baseball are phenomenal at telling you yes. exactly yes. what's happening. Yes. I mean, I mean, at least good ones. Are. Yes. 
and the inflections in their voice are able to tell you not those hacks like John Bishop. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's really good with great. I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding, John. <laughs> but and so I mean, you can you can feel. I mean, the way that the announcers do this kind of stuff. So. Um, I know we're, we're, are we running short on time? No, we're okay. Um, yeah, we should probably wrap up here in a minute, but yeah, well, you can okay. finish your point and then we'll. So, so my, my point is, is that's the way the baseball is supposed to be enjoyed. It's supposed to be enjoyed in the summer months as background noise. Yes. And once fall hits, once you're back in school, then it's supposed to be something that you're either a diehard for and yes. you pay attention daily because your team's in the hunt. Yeah. Or it's just something that you casually look at because, hey, that, that top, 15 prospect is playing and you've lost sure. 100 games already in <laughs> September 1st. So, I mean, I, I think that offers it both ways. And that's, I mean, baseball's not to be enjoyed where you're sitting down and you're intently watching a baseball right. game yeah. in July. That That's not supposed no, to happen. Not at all. Not as a fan. As a fan, that's insane. That's how I used to watch baseball. Well, I, me too. <laughs> I used to, when I was younger, I yeah. watched baseball like that, partially because I got very heavily into baseball gambling. Right. Um, and so paying attention was quite profitable. Yes. But um, <laughs> there was a, yeah, there was a time where I'm just like incredibly interested in every pitch. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what happened. I, like, I don't know if I just got older and was like, I mean, if you spend watch, your time differently, if you watch a really good pitcher, <laughs> sure. Then suddenly you that was part. Him. That was part of it. Is I you would Pedro. I would watch, and even when he went to the Mets, mm-hmm. his first year with the Mets, he was so good because that was back when the NL was just hot dog trash. <laughs> yeah. And so he had had like a three nine ERA his last season with the Red Sox in 04. Mm-hmm. and then he comes in in 05 with the Mets and puts up like a two three ERA. Yeah, there's no hitter because the. <laughs> Because <laughs> the, the NL and the NL East was just just hot, wet garbage. He threw a no-hitter with the Mets, right? He never threw no-hitter. Oh, no, that was uh, the pitcher from the the Twins. Um, yeah, it was a uh, Liriano. Francisco. No, 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 not Liriano. Oh, God, I feel like such an idiot. He's the only guy that's ever thrown a no-hitter with the Mets, so this will be really, really easy for me who, to do. Who is it? The other guy. It was the other um, the other big Mets pit, or big uh, Twins pitcher. Oh, what was his name? Johan Santana. Santana. <laughs> Here we Thank go. God. Yeah. He's another guy that you'd sit down and watch. But Yes. Yeah. There was a time where there were some of these guys that were just Randy so Johnson. phenomenal to watch. Clemens. Yeah. And yep. and I just I don't get into it that way anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just a time issue. I don't know if it's an interest issue. I don't know what it is, but... I haven't watched a baseball game like that in a very long time. Even when the Red Sox were in the World Series? No, I mean like in... in or just a July game. Like a random game because yeah. I found the pitcher so compelling. Okay. Like yeah. when there's stakes attached and the Red Sox are in the World Series, like that 18-inning game with the Dodgers, like I was just <laughs> dying, right? <laughs> and I was with my friends, Brett and Justin. We were at a bar mm-hmm. and the bar closed because it was... You know, it was after 2 a.m. here, mm-hmm. and so we were pretty close to Justin's house. We go to Justin's house, and we're like, well, let's crack open another beer and, like, just settle in. And then the game ended, like, four minutes later. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you got to work tomorrow. <laughs> um, 
Well, I mean, that's probably as good a place to wrap as any. Yeah, do you but, want to talk about Creighton for like two seconds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, basketball or baseball? Basketball. Yes. I mean, no one gives a shit. <laughs> it's, like, um, it's like me, John Bishop, and Ed Service are the only three people who actually care. So. And, and, the, and the jury's out on Ed. How much yeah. he cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's the baseball coach for Creighton. For those of you who don't know, that's a funny joke. Um, <laughs> um, no, I... So... I've asked everybody this, and I know it's heavily matchup dependent, Mm -hmm. but based on what we've seen from Creighton, and obviously this is being recorded before Creighton plays Marquette tonight on the 18th, so this could change answers theoretically. But they had a really good week last week. They made Seton Hall, beat the pants off of DePaul, a DePaul team that just wasn't getting blown out all year by anybody. Mm -hmm. And then Creighton's just like, hold my beer. Um, we're going to do this to you two times. <laughs> and the second time is going to be worse. Yeah. And we're going to put in way worse. We're going to put our walk-ons in with 14 minutes left. <laughs> yeah, I was at that game. Yes. Oh, my God. I actually got uh, I got passes to the Lexus Club. Nice. I got I to tell the story. Yeah, yeah. Just because I need to tell the story. But so I'm standing in line at the Lexus Club. I went at halftime. And... I'm staying there in line. I was just gonna get like you know uh, Jameson and you know, soda or yeah. something. You know, I don't I don't know what the fuck they have. It. It's like, like, what, do I rich, saw, what do rich people drink? Yeah, uh, it turns out not that. Uh, but a woman came up and the bartender was getting someone else a drink and she was like mess mess and she was like shaking her Bud Light in front of this this bartender's face and she's like can I help you? <laughs> and this woman's like my Bud Light is flat. I want another one. And she had already drank half the Bud Light. And I'm like lady it's a fucking Bud Light. Like it, it already tastes like water. And then the other story was um, there was a guy who asked for a very specific glass of wine. Yeah. And they didn't have it, and he scoffed very <laughs> in a very rude manner. And I'm like, "Fuck, the stereotypes are real." Oh, for sure. Damn it, especially Damn. in the Lexus Club. Like I had my blinders on for so long because I'm like, "No, people really just like going and watching basketball." And then I went into the Lexus Club, and I'm like, "Oh, you damn it, you can't go in the Lexus Club. That will uh, destroy all of your miscon or your or your uh, preconceived." Notions that that maybe Creighton fans actually like basketball, right? <laughs> um, so you're, you're 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 leading a question. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So what what in your mind is the ceiling for this Creighton team at this point? Fuck, no idea. <laughs> Honestly, I think I think they can win. I think they would. I think they can win the Big East regular season or postseason or both. Uh, both. Either. Yes. Yeah, well, because sure. Seton Hall is currently falling apart like they always do, and I knew it was going to happen. They're eventually. Seton Hauling so hard right now. <laughs> oh, I love it. Hashtag hauling. Uh, <laughs> hauling oats. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, they're falling apart, and I, I love to see it. You know uh, why? Because Miles Powell's not that good. You know, it was really funny because we had that discussion. We did. And I was and like, like no, nah, nah, he really nah, is. No, nah, man, he's really And then they good. immediately pissed the bed. <laughs> well, in his performance against Providence, I was like, whoa. Well, not like, to mention he, his he performance against good, Creighton. But no one else did. Yeah. But his performance against Creighton, he was Awful. invisible. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, I mean, because I was listening to, to Unsportsmanlike Conduct, and they were talking about, can they make it, you know, is it Sweet 16 or bust for this year? And I'm like, fuck, the, the fact that they're doing as well as they are right now still surprises the hell out of me. They lost Epperson, they lost Davion, and I granted, Davion wasn't that 
crucial of a no. piece to this team, but he still offered depth and he yeah. offered you know senior leadership depth, experience. Yes, yes, he's been in those situations before. He might be able to rise to the occasion. He hadn't in the past in his past three years. Of yes. He hadn't been able to rise to the occasion when they needed him most. But this year, I was like, well, I mean, losing those two pieces so early, I was like, that could completely send the uh, chemistry of this team into flux. And so I was like, I have no idea what to expect. Sure. Because it's going to be so guard-heavy. They're going to play small. They're not going to be able to get rebounds. If they're on cold night, I don't know. Um, so everything up until now has been surprising to me. Yeah. So I think they could go to a Sweet 16. Sure. Potentially. Yeah. Do I expect them to? Probably not. Next year is probably next where they, they break through. Next year is the Sweet 16 or bust year. Yes. If they get everybody back. Right. I mean, obviously, there's some questions about what Tyshawn's future holds mm-hmm. um, in terms of professional basketball and that type of thing. I think everybody else is fairly safe this year. Yes. Um, as much as I love Mitch Ballack, his game isn't going to test well in terms of, like, combines and stuff like that. Sure. Um, so while he may find his way into the league at some point, or certainly professional basketball if he chooses overseas or wherever, I have no doubt about his ability to play. It's just he's not one of those guys that's going to pop off the page and be like, ooh, that's a lottery pick. You know what I mean? Sure. There's just too many six foot six guys with 40-inch verticals that NBA scouts that can't help themselves. Um, Tyshawn, on the other hand, with his three-point shooting ability and his defensive ability kind of raises a different question. But assuming everybody's back, next year is the Sweet 16 or bust year, especially with Kalkbrenner coming in to add depth on the bigs or any big at all. Um, What I will say, though, is even with all the injuries and and whatever with Davion, having Zagorowski, Balak, and Tyshawn Alexander – just matters. Correct. Right? Yep. Especially, and again, I'm not saying Sweet 16 or bust just because you can't, to me, you can't have that expectation of a team that's literally never done that before. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're Duke, you can say Final Four or bust because you're Duke. Right. And that's an expectation you've set. For Creighton, you can say NCAA Tournament or bust. You can say First Round Win or bust. You can't say Sweet 16 or bust until you've actually been. Right. Right? And so, like, Gonzaga can't say national championship or bust. That's not a thing they can say. Sure they can. Can they? Yeah, well, I mean, because they've been to the national title. Yeah, but they haven't won a national title. Right, but I mean, they've been Again, there. Gonzaga can say Final Four or bust. Okay. All right, I'll get, or, but, or runner up or bust. Yeah, or, or title game or bust. <laughs> yeah. but, like, to me, once you get to the Final okay, Four, yeah, it's yeah. like, uh, it's a crapshoot yep. in terms of getting the title game or not. But Gonzaga can't reasonably go in, like... They can have a goal of winning a national championship, mm-hmm. but they can't say, if we don't win a national championship, this season is a failure. Because your program hasn't set that expectation yet. Right. And so, to again, for Creighton to say, if we don't go to the Sweet 16, this team's a failure, Max should be fired, whatever, like, that to me is not a reasonable thing to say. Number one, because Mac's a great freaking basketball coach. <laughs> this team has literally outperformed their expectation in the Big East every year except for their second year in the league. Yep. In which case, they lost everyone, and, like, Will Artino was taking game-winning shots. So (laughs) that's all you need to know about that. And Austin Chapman was your best playmaker. (laughs) Woof. Um, And so I don't think it can be the expectation. I do think it's on the table for sure, Mm -hmm. especially considering how much March is a guard-oriented format. Mm -hmm. If you've got playmakers at your guard spots in March – like, anything's on the table. Right. Especially if Creighton continues to win and 
improve their seed line. If they can get up into that 3-4 seed line, which Bracket Matrix as of yesterday had them like a mid-4, mm-hmm. which means say they win tonight and go on a little run here, a 3 is definitely in play. If even a 2 might be in play. If they win if they win the Big East tournament, the, mm-hmm. a 2 is for sure in play. Yes. Um it's a reach, but it is in play mm-hmm. without a doubt. Um I was listening to a I think it was Mike DeCourcy who he started with well, I don't think they can get to a one. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, no one was thinking that. Not a single no. person. No one was thinking that. <laughs> we were like, can we get off of the six line? Yeah, 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 yeah. please. <laughs> Everybody in this city still has, like, Missouri Valley Conference PTSD, right? Sure. Um, so I think that's a reasonable expectation. I think getting a high seed in the NCAA tournament, I think making – the championship game in the Big East is a reasonable tournament yep. or a reasonable goal. I don't think you can say Big East or or I don't think you can say Sweet 16 or Busty yet. Mm-hmm. Um, although, again, I very much feel like that's something that they're capable of. Right. That's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got. Too. My dogs are freaking out. Yep. They're saying it's time to go. <laughs> yeah. All right. This has been Happy Living with Robbie Lewis. This is Alex Sindelar. Follow him at underscore underscore Sindelar. That's S-I-N-D-E-L-A-R. You can also find his excellent college baseball writing on whiteandbluereview.com. You can find me on Facebook, Heavy Lifting with Robbie Lula, Instagram and Twitter at R-A-Lula, as well as the website, RobbieLulaRadio.com. Until next time, enjoy your week.